All right. Hello to our Real Talk listeners. Welcome to Real Talk, an HR podcast where we bring the best of human resources to your organization. My name is Maria Rodriguez, and I'm here with my business partner, Michelle Elder, today. And we have a special guest, Nicole Metzel. On today's podcast, we are going to address a topic that is obviously important right now, how businesses are impacted during COVID-19. You may be asking yourself, what makes this podcast different from every other article and post on social media right now? Because obviously, businesses are talking about what they're doing, both large and small. And frankly, that's a great question. What makes this podcast so different for us is that we all are on this podcast and together we push each other to really bring reality into our conversations and individually we bring our own point of views and experiences on this. And as you'll hear today, we're going to obviously address the COVID-19 topic and talk through businesses and different points of view from different types of organizations, both small and large. But yeah, today we're going to really talk through and navigate what's really important to businesses, um, including our special guest here, Nicole Metzel. So let's talk through a little bit uh, about what's going on with businesses. Um, You know, from our understanding, businesses are plummeting in many areas. But Nicole, you guys have seen a rise and increase in your business. Is that right? Yeah, we have beat year over year, both for 19 and 18. And we have also seen month over month growth, even from February, which is typically our busiest time of the year through April and May now. What's driving that? I think a lot of it is escapism and the ability to work from home, right? So I think a lot of times we have this notion that if the physical building is closed, We can't do business. And I don't think that that's true. So the flexibility has allowed us to meet people where they are. And it has allowed us to be able to connect with them in a time where they have the time to connect with us and be more successful with our message. When it comes to mass, how do you keep consistency in that message? So I think a lot of that comes down to knowing your message long before COVID happened. So oftentimes people go, oh, now I have to figure it out. And I just think it's a bad time to try to figure out your message. By the time you do that, right, this is going to be over. You haven't capitalized on any of it. The biggest thing is authenticity, in my opinion. If your message is inauthentic, people, people know, and you can't be consistent with it. It's kind of like, when people lie and have to cover up those lies over and over and over again, when you're inauthentic with your message, you're constantly trying to remember who you're supposed to be and what that message is supposed to be versus an authentic message that comes naturally and the consistency just comes with it. Yeah. Are you able to share or are you interested in sharing who you work for so you can tell our listeners on the call? Yeah. So I actually am an entrepreneur. I'm in network marketing. So I actually own my own personal brand, Hot Mess Success. I also am a distributor for Chalk Tour, which is a high-end home decor company focusing in the DIY space. So I work with women and men all across all walks of life looking to build a business 
And I also coach other network marketers on how to successfully build a home-based business. Yeah. Sounds like you're busy. A little. Just a little. This is definitely DIY time, right? I mean, there's people are just stuck in their homes. Yeah. Rugrats. No, it's crazy to me how much, because there's two business areas right now that are really exploding, both in small businesses like mine and larger corporations. And that is the remodel and DIY space. When I go to Lowe's or Menards or Home Depot, it's packed, right? Because Mm -hmm. people are sitting at home and they're noticing all the things they wanted to change about their home. And they're like, well, I'm just sitting here, right? I might as well go do it. And so the renovation space and the home decor space is huge right now. Yeah, I think there's a couple of businesses, right? So we're talking about both big and small and you talk about, you know, the renovation space. And a lot of people are thinking, wow, like the the businesses that are really working right now, you see in the US, there's millions of people that are laid off right now and um, that are struggling in certain spaces. And so then they're taking a look at essential businesses like the Amazons of the world, which Bezos is like making a ton of money. And I know this is going to be controversial, but I don't think he wants anything to recover from COVID because he is becoming a zillionaire off of it. This this is working for them. This is working for him. And he is not wanting anybody to get better at this point. I I cry if the Amazon drive, if there's a day where there isn't an Amazon driver, I cry. (laughs) Literally, but it feels like it. Uh, You know what's funny about that is we're like, oh my gosh, Amazon, right? Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. And how many of us are used to Prime, right? Two-day shipping, okay? Amazon is pushed out weeks, weeks. And no one's betting that. We're paying for Prime. Nobody cares, right? you know, because they adapted and they said, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. Take it or leave it. And it's working for them. Yeah, we all said we'll take it. Yeah. So you have those large businesses that are essentially making tons of money off of this. You have the essential businesses that are working. And then you also have the the, the main components, obviously Home Depot, Menards, Lowe's, they're all working. And people are getting so upset because, um, you know, people that I know that are working for Home Depot, they're like, this is only supposed to be for plumbers or electricians that are essential coming in. Like, why are all these DIY people coming in to remodel their homes? And it's like, well, yeah, you're stuck at home. So your first instinct is, well, let me get to those projects I haven't been able to get to all year because now I'm actually stuck in my house all day or I'm laid off, you know? So it's very controversial. It is. And, you know, I have this conversation actually with one of the managers at my local Lowe's. Um, Her and I have gotten to get to to know each other pretty well, right? Because I shop for them. And she used to actually be my customer when I worked in corporate America. And she said the same thing. She's like, you know, I don't understand why we're so busy and all these people are here. People are supposed to be staying home. And I said to her, I said, you know, you've really got to flip your mindset on that. Okay. Because number one, this is a whole lot of job security for you. Yes. Right. And number two, it is giving you the ability to expose people who may have never been exposed to your store before what you have to offer. So you can gain long-term growth out of it, out of this short-term burst. Should we stay home? Yes. Should we be cautious? Sure. But at the end of the day, we're human, right? 
We can't look at four walls all the time. And so we have to be cognizant of that as business owners, as workers, as managers, and understand that the human connection and that need is critically important. They get it by going to work. We get it by going to those work spaces. And we have the ability to build those relationships with our customers to take this further than COVID. You know, Nicole, and I think it, it also, um, to get people to switch that mindset, reminds me of what you said earlier around the message had to be there, your why had to be there before COVID. So um, what I'm finding in companies that are having a lot of that pushback with their employees and their employee base, it's because we didn't communicate the message or, or the intent of the business to begin with. Otherwise, they would feel at least a little linkage to that purpose, right? I am also an essential business, and we had a ton of that in the very beginning. Why is everyone else closed, but we are not? Um, And we had people giving us random reasons why we shouldn't be essential, regardless of the fact that the government believes we are. Yeah, and that's... You know, I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot of times businesses have this mission and this vision statement, right? And we write them down on paper and we put them on the website and then we never hear about it again. That just is what it is. New employees will read it when they open the company handbook and go through their first day of orientation and then it's done. Well, if it's that critical that it is your mission and your vision, then it needs to be consistently repeated to your employees so that they understand what their purpose is when they clock in. Linked to every policy, linked to like every decision you make as a business, you should be able to design a direct link to that mission and purpose so that anytime you roll something out or communicate something, it goes back every time here's why we're doing it. Here's why we're doing it. And and here's the thing. I think small businesses are the worst at it because, and, and I can say this as a small business owner, we don't think like that. We don't think about mission and vision, right? My husband's a small business owner too. Okay. And he's like, he's in lawn and landscaping and I'm like, okay, what's your mission? What's your vision? And he's like, I, I cut grass. And I was like, that is not a mission. <laughs> That is an activity. Yeah, just so you know. I plant things is not a mission. It's just what (laughs) you do, okay? Small business owners don't think about why they opened this business, why they're here, why they care about this industry, not the other. Why did you open a restaurant versus a retail shop? What purpose do you serve? And so I think their particular employees probably struggle with this more than, say, larger scale corporations because they don't even have one to begin with. So what makes you different that you knew going into this, I need to be really clear about my message? How did you know that going into it that you needed that? I think it went back to my core values as a human. So I knew that my core values were specifically to empower women to create the life that they love. That it didn't have to be something that they had to go searching for. 
that they could design it and build it and make it. And that is the core of who I am. It is who I've been, whether I was in corporate America, when I was an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. And so when it comes from your core beliefs, from like that fire in your belly, it makes it a whole lot easier because then everything you do goes back to, I ask myself, does this empower people? Does this allow them to lead lead independent lives? Does this give them the purpose to build a life or does it hinder them? And when you check what you do against that core belief and your mission and your values are ingrained in it, then it's kind of a no-brainer. It becomes really easy. So let's talk a little bit about how, as a business, you're trying to make a different approach with your, you know, for example, Nicole, you have sales consultants, um, individuals, you know, branding or rebranding. Are there things that, steps that you're taking because, you know, the environment has changed and our future is changing that you're trying to identify and make a change within your current business structure? Yeah. So in the DIY space, particularly, right, it's always been a very person-to-person, hands-on thing. Think about those like paint parties that you go to or like the wine and canvas things, right? You physically go to them. You're with other people. It's an experience-based thing. And that's true across DIY. And so one of the things that I've really focused on and I've asked a lot of my downline to focus on is this idea of, I get it, okay? You cannot have workshops. You cannot hold classes. You cannot do vendor events. Your business does not stop, right? You have to meet people where they are. Being a business owner does not mean that I get to demand to do business on my terms because the market dictates how I do business. The market is home. So I have to meet people where they are. And that means an emphasis on social media and Zoom and online work to connect virtually and change the way we do business in order to do that. That adaptability, that being a chameleon, that is critical to business survival. Today, it's COVID. Tomorrow, it could be a natural disaster. It could be, I mean, you know, you live in California, you guys have wildfires. That happens. Hurricane season is coming around. There are tons of things that interrupt our business. We can say that COVID is the be-all, end-all, but it's not. The reason that we're struggling, in my opinion, is because we're refusing to be that chameleon and adapt with anything around us. So are you saying that businesses that are currently out of business and have laid off their employees are, are doing that because they haven't adapted? I would absolutely argue that, right? You know, look, at, I, I have friends here locally that are small boutique owners, right? And I'm particularly focusing on small businesses right now because a lot of them are like, well, I own this small retail boutique and clothing boutique and I can't do business because I have to be close to the public. Really, you can't. You can't take your inventory and show it to people online. You can't put it on your website. You can't do a live sale and have those employees come in and instead of refilling shelves, help you pack boxes to ship. You can't do those things or you're choosing not to do those things because that's very different. Now, if we were banned from shipping, then I'd say, okay, well, then you really can't do anything because if you can't send the merchandise and they can't come get the merchandise, what are you supposed to do? But we have been given options to do business. 
a lot of people are just choosing not to because it's uncomfortable, because it's new, because they don't want to leave their traditional model. And I think it hurts them and their employees in the end when they don't choose to try. What's the worst case scenario? You try a new model and what? You don't make any money? You're not making any money closed. What about places like movie theaters that require you to be gathered together and it also requires time to create an app for that experience at home that they just can't do that overnight? It requires time to generate the technology to push to your home. So a lot of that, I think, came from being prepared before it happens. And I think we don't do that enough, even as corporations, even as small businesses. We talked earlier about Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Because Jeff Bezos saw 20 years ago that the internet revolution was coming and he was prepared and capitalized on it. So my advice to those types of businesses that say, look, I can't adapt in this short period of time is you need to use this time to prepare for the next time because there will be one. Again, natural disasters. If a hurricane wipes out a movie theater, guess what? You can stream that content to people or utilize that technology. So I think it's a lack of preparedness. Some of us can adapt very quickly. Some cannot. If you are caught in this space where you have not prepared for the worst case scenario, you have set yourself up for failure. It's interesting. I find, um, so I work for a medium-sized company um, and I find that that, uh, many of us are not using this time to figure out how we are flexible the next time. We are just in flight or fight mode. We're just trying to work it out day by day. So um, I find that with lots of people that I'm talking to, not only did we not start adaptable, but we're not using this time to figure out how we can be adaptable in the future. And I I gotta shout out one of the companies that actually is my first job. I worked for an insurance company. And back when I worked for them 10 years ago, they implemented this business continuity process where every single one of us got a laptop. And the idea behind it was if the building burns down, right? That's what they were thinking. If the building burns down, you can still work. So everybody had this laptop that they had to lug from home to work every single day in case the building burned down but they weren't allowed to work from home, right? They weren't given that flexibility. It was just in case. Well, it has come to serve them now because even though they didn't think about something like COVID, they had this policy in place where when shutdown started, they said, everybody stay home and work from home. You already have everything. Yeah, a lot of businesses are... are prepared and more proactive than reactive in some of these circumstances. And some of them are really reactive. And you're seeing that rather quickly in many cases that businesses are now spending these last eight weeks or so trying to identify what happened to them and how they created such a shortcoming in their financial scheme and, and being prepared for circumstances like this that you know are rare but something to be prepared for. Absolutely. As humans, right? We have backup plans for everything in our lives. We have backup plans for our backup plans. If my fridge goes out, what do I do? If my heat goes out, what do I do? If this were to happen, that were to happen, something happens to people when they open a business 
And they like forget that they're supposed to do that, not just for their homes, but for their business too. And so I think, you know, some people do a great job with it. A lot of people, they forget that things can go wrong. And yes, it's okay to be positive and it's okay not to expect that these things happen, but you have got to be prepared. It is your safety net. So um, it's interesting that you say that. I'm going to ask you to give us um, a few tips on how to be proactive, but here's the reason I say it's interesting. Um, Since I took my current job early February, we've literally had four major issues, the third being COVID-19. And so it's become really clear to me in my role that crisis is going to happen that often puts a screeching stop to your work if you're not flexible. So talk to me, talk to other business owners. What are your top three things that we should do now to ensure when my next crisis happens, because I have no doubt it will, um, that I'm not flying by the seat of my pants? Yeah, so the first thing, and I think I've said this a couple of times, is prepare for the worst. Think about all of the worst case scenarios that could happen to your business. Take a notebook, take a piece of paper, go into a spreadsheet. I don't care how you do it, but think about everything that could go wrong that's major, right? We know what the major stuff is. There's little fires all day long. And then think of a plan for it. If you need to make monetary investments and you don't have that capital right now, You need to plan for how you're going to do that relatively quickly. If you need to make business operations adjustments, you need to put those plans in place so that you can do that. But you can't do that if you don't identify what could go wrong. The second thing I think that's really important is, and it's sort of exactly what you said, but be flexible. Do not box yourself in on one business model. Take some time to think about all of the different ways that you can reach that mission and that vision and how you can do it in more than just the way that you're currently doing it. So if you are a physical location, how can you expand and start building online to be able to do that? If you are a small business owner like me and you work out of your home, right? What kind of technology or continuity things do you need in order to continue doing business that are different than what you're used to? This is a part where I think business owners can get very creative and can get onto something that maybe somebody else hasn't thought of and really see tremendous growth because they can be unique in how they reach people that most people are not doing. And the third thing, that I think is really important beyond just knowing what could go wrong and really understanding how you can reach your customers is get back to those core values. Know why you're here and why you do what you do and then make sure that you're making decisions to do that, right? If you are a restaurant and you are saying, I am here to give people good food and a good experience and time with their friends, then you need to start making decisions on that beyond just, I employ people to serve food. Because if your mission is truly to connect people through food, you will find ways to connect people through crisis. But you need to know why you do what you do. Thank you. 
Yeah, those are incredible pieces. I think that, you know, for those listeners that are listening right now, obviously those are critical components. Um, And so, uh, you know, talking through, you know, resources and tools we can give you today on the call, I'll just leverage uh, two resources and I'll shout them out to you, you know, to kind of help jumpstart you into a a few of those pieces Nicole mentioned. So last week, Michelle and I, actually and Nicole, all joined a Rachel Hollis conference and John C. Maxwell was on there and fantastic speaker, um, has great messages to share. Um, and so through that conference, that virtual conference, whole nother piece, right? Taking a business to another level when you think about that. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't flawless by any means. There were technology glitches, situations that came up. But you know what? They were pivoting very quickly and trying to make things work. And that's what you do in a business. And at this point, you have to pivot. You have to prepare because even though, you know, COVID's not going away anytime soon, when it does go away, you have to prepare for another piece of that. So, you know, two resources to really elaborate on what Nicole had mentioned, I'm going to throw out um, from John C. Maxwell is Jumpstart Your Thinking Workbook. Um, It's a 90-day improvement plan book, as well as How Successful People Think. I think those are two really great workbooks to really get your mind moving and help you navigate, jump, pivot, and really rethink about your business, um, whether small or large. Um, Again, for those business leaders listening in today, those uh, in the HR department, those, um, you know, anybody, those who actually work for an organization, how can you really pivot yourself and or the business into a whole nother dynamic to help you be more proactive than reactive? And that was really a message uh, John C. Max- Maxwell really gave to the team last week. So um, those are my resources. Uh, Michelle, what are, what's a resource you want to share with everybody? So I'm a fan of a particular book. It is called Switch. Um, and it is by uh, Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And the idea is how to make changes when change is hard. You know, I think a lot of us have those ideas. We have those things uh, that we think would be a good idea. But when we get resistance or when we see or feel pushback, we walk away. And guess what you're going to feel in a situation like this, like COVID-19? People are going to push back. So we've got to figure out how to do it even when it's not comfortable. Great. Thanks. Nicole, do you have any resources to share with us today? I do. And I think um, this is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. You know, this is really designed for the individual, but I think that it's really, really adaptable to businesses and this understanding that we've been talking about, about knowing your mission and making decisions. Darren Hardy talks about how choices lead you to the life of your dreams, right? This destiny or disaster. And so I think it's really important for every business owner to read and understanding that every single choice you make today can impact tomorrow. And it is critical to compound good choices, forward thinking, and institute that in your employees, right? When we talked about this idea of mission and vision and repeating it, I think it's really important to compound that as well and that choice dynamic into your employees and implement that in your training, implement that in your continuing education and your development so that people understand that every choice is not just for today, it's for the future. 
That's great. So there you have it, uh, everyone listening today. Um, you know, obviously, as small businesses, we've seen ways uh, that this has brought on success and ways that, you know, to be honest with you, people have screwed things up. Let's be real. So I would say regardless of your role in the company, to really focus on a couple of things, go to realtalent.com and download you know, our resources, uh, you know, that we have provided you as well as some of the, the recommendations we made here today. And um, two, spend 10 minutes a day at the end of your day being proactive through your future instead of reactive. So thanks everyone for joining. Until next time, have a great day.